On this episode of Shadow Initiative Talking TV, we are bringing you what is most likely the most captivative Sasquatch footage anybody has ever seen, and you're going to see it here first. We've also got more insight into the recent drama and rumors circling the Travel Channel and the infamous charlatan Zach Baggins. Definitely things you want to check out. Rick is bringing us all kinds of weird things. Somebody digs up a penis. We're going to hear about it. Rick's going to be the one to tell you. And we've also got what could be an EVP right here on the show. So all of that and a whole lot more on this episode of Shadow Initiative Talk and TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. I can still see you. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, Jesus. He's messing with wires, folks. This is where shit starts to go south. <sighs> okay, that's better. There was uh, too is much natural though? light. It, is, it, it is really it is. Okay, cool. And welcome one and all to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. We are your hosts, ghost hunters and authors, myself, Rick Hale. He is Stephen Lancaster. Hashtag welcome to the initiative. Hey, Stephen, yes. welcome back, man. We missed last week. I know. I know, man. You know, my grandson was sick. Most yeah. of you know uh, he was diagnosed with cancer like six years ago. He's seven. The doctors told us he'd never see the age of two, and here he is at seven, doing everything that they said he wouldn't do. We had a huge scare last week. He slipped into a coma. Uh, they still don't know why. It blows That's, my mind. So weird. Blows my mind. Um, but he just got sent home yesterday, so mm. another win. He's home already? I thought yep. that he was going to be... I thought he was going to be in the hospital for a few days. Yeah, they they had planned on keeping him through the weekend uh, for observational purposes, physical okay. therapy, that kind of thing. But he passed all his physical therapy, walking, talking, you know, cognitive stuff. And you're like, well, fuck, get out. That is that is extraordinary. I mean, yes, it is. I'm telling you, man, you know, it's like. Jamie and I, you guys are constantly in our thoughts, you know, you know, especially Tanner. Um, uh, friends of ours lost their daughter to cancer a few years ago. And it's like just, you know, watching Tanner um, be, be, you know, relatively healthy and doing really well. It's it's really awesome to see that. I mean, he really is, you know, for seven years old, quite the survivor. 
Yeah, and and, and an inspiration, man. It, it, yes, I I have Tanner in my thoughts all the time, and mm-hmm. when I start to get discouraged at something or get upset at something, I actually take a moment and think, you know what? I I'm not even what I'm going through right now isn't even a candle to what this kid's going through, you know. And, and he, he he's helped me with that because it's like, look, folks, don't take anything for granted. You know, these these little right. trivial things that we fight about every day and argue about it. It's it's not worth it, man. Life's what's important. Yeah. And yeah, this absolutely. show. And this show. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, when 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 it comes to, you know, come when it comes to family and health and stuff like that, the show will always be put on the back burner until that shit can get taken care of, resolved, because family is el numero uno. Rick has put his foot down, ladies and gentlemen. You're goddamn right. So I use the word, Stephen, I use the word extraordinary. Uh, well, first off, we got a lot to talk about today, and uh, but... Like I said, I use the word extraordinary. And we, Stephen, we received a video. Yes, we from did. A friend, we did from a friend on Facebook as well as a listener, uh, Glenn Laycock. He is a Canadian um, paranormal investigator. And I mean, he sent a video the other day that was astonishing. And uh, you know, everybody always talks about the the Patterson Gimlin film that it is like the best film, uh, you know, pertaining to Bigfoot. And you've seen the video. Yes, I have. I've watched the video, analyzed it over and over and over again, and it is the most extraordinary piece of evidence I have ever seen to back up the existence of Bigfoot. Of the Sasquatch. You know, I, exactly. I, I did the same thing, Rick. I watched it over and over and over again. And I can honestly look at you folks and say, whatever is in that video is 100% flesh and blood. This is yes. not a CGI trick. There's no computer nope. effects. This is nope. flesh and blood. It, it's incredible. So... Um, before we, um, before we present it, I just kind of want to set it up. So Glenn Laycock sent this to me and what it is, is it's a trail cam in his friend's backyard and, you know, like him, like him and his friend, they watch, you know, whatever it is that comes through the yard. Cause they mm-hmm. live out in, you know, like m- most Canada is just, you know, it's a lawless wilderness, <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously though, like they, they set this up so they can, you know, watch things and, you know, deer come through, raccoon, whatever. They never expected what we are about to show you. So without further ado, Stephen, just go ahead and play this thing. And I'm telling you, folks, it is the most ex- extraordinary, remarkable piece of evidence supporting the existence of Bigfoot you'll ever see. Guys, take a look at this footage. We will be right back. If this footage right here doesn't make you believe, if this footage right here doesn't make you click that subscribe button to our show, I I, I don't know what's, what is going to make you do it. <laughs> but you guys check this out and we'll be right back.
gotcha. <laughs> but did we though? We we weren't dishonest. No, we told them that this was a real flesh and blood thing. What yes. We, what we did not tell them was is that this was Glenn Laycock in that costume of whatever the hell it is. Fantastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we had to build this thing up. We had to show it to you guys. Um, so hey, like I said, gotcha. And we're a couple weeks early on April Fools. So hope you enjoyed that. Because that's Found how only we here, roll. Because that's how we roll. Found only here on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal that's Talk right. and TV. We don't wait so, for April Fools because that's when you would expect it. Exactly. And that is the whole idea behind pranks and jokes is to do it when you least expect it. I mean, I have to talk with Steven every week. That's a prank and joke right there. Yeah. It's That's also, a bad joke. Sorry. And now, no, I mean, it's also psychiatrist psych, psych, visits and, and anxiety medicine. A lot of PTSD. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Screaming, waking up in the middle of the night, cold sweats. Fucking Rick, dude, it's just—it's. I, I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. So hey, we're 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 gonna keep this going with the extraordinary. So, Stephen, there is a huge kerfuffle, and yes, I use the word kerfuffle here because not only does it properly apply, but it's also a fun word to say. So kerfuffle you know we'll say it again so this right now going all across social media everything from facebook to tiktok to twitter there's something going on over at the travel channel man and there shows that um that have been on for years. As we all know, the Travel Channel, including Discovery Plus, is pretty much your one-stop shop for anything paranormal television related. So, but something weird is going on there. Several shows suddenly have, uh, they've been told, you know what? Hey, sorry guys, you're out. Now, some of these shows are Kindred Spirits, uh, Ghost Brothers, Portals to Hell, and the already canceled Holds or Files. Now, I've never watched any of these shows, Stephen. Have you? No. No. Um, because there's a reason we don't watch these kind of shows because, well, they're crap. So, but that's not why they're being canceled. The reason, probably the reason that they're being canceled. Oh, did I also mention the incredibly terrible Destination Fear is also one that is about to be canceled. And at the center of it all is Paranormal Elvis himself, Zach Bagans. Yes. Now, yes. So here's what's going on over there. So all these shows, they're actually um, produced by Zach. Like this guy has got like... Um, he's got like his own little private paranormal empire that he's running over there at the travel channel. And there he is holding up money, ladies and gentlemen. But here's the thing. All these shows are being canceled because, and of course, you know, it's, it's the unspoken thing. He's pulling like, uh, like a paranormal entertainment Highlander over there at the travel channel and getting rid of these other shows because he wants to be the only 
He wants to be El Numero Uno, the big cheese. It's just not enough for him to have like the biggest show on there. No, he wants to have the only show that's on there. Um, so, I mean, you know, Stephen, what do you make of this that's going on over there at the Travel Channel? Well, I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt um, that this is all true. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention names, but I did get confirmation uh, from somebody who is affiliated with the Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you and I are mutual friends with this person. And mm-hmm. uh, they I'm looking at their, their email right now. Um, portals to hell kindred spirits ghost Bro- brothers destination fear 100 percent confirmed to be gone okay so wow i mean that is, a- this is this is straight from a producer involved who asked me not to say their name of course and and that's fine um but this is this happens to be uh, produ- one of the only producers I'll ever work with, and it's yeah, because, because she actually cares about this. Yeah, yeah. The, this this person cares um, that real shit is being put out there, and right. this particular producer has no affiliation with uh, the fraud shows, the ghost adventures, ghost hunters. You know, any anything that's a paranormal investigative show. Um, she doesn't have any affiliation with, and it's it's due to her own morals and ethics and beliefs, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. But now, you know what this this is not without its um, you know drama, of course, because as we know, Paranormal TV is the one that actually drives the drama in the uh, in in Paranormal Land, but. Some of the people that are on these shows, including Dakota Layden, who, I mean, he actually owes his entire career to Zach. Um, he put a video out on, I want to say it was Twitter. It was. Um, yeah. That, and you you can watch it. You know, we'll, we'll post this on our, our uh, you know, we can post like, the link for it right here. It's on Paranormal uh, Paranormality Magazine. Um Stating that, you know, hey, did Zach Bagans cancel the cancel the destination fear? He did. But he's not saying that it's anything about ego or whatever. Of course it is, because even though, you know, Zach has decided to get rid of this kid, you know, there's still, you know, considerable amount of ass kissing that happens here. Um, But, yeah, this show has been canceled, among others, because Zach wants to be the one and only he wants to be the only one. So. And now we have Nick Groff, who left um, Ghost Adventures years ago. He, he's been putting out these videos, you know, saying what an incredible fraud mm-hmm. Zach is. And it's like, no shit, dude. We've all known this for years. Because there's no way in the world that anybody could, um, you know, go through that many demonic possessions without either being permanently possessed or having such an intense psychosis that they're locked up in a hospital for the, you know, the criminal, criminally mentally ill. So it really comes as no surprise to the rest of us that this, this is coming out. So I got a question. Is this going to be the end of Mr. Paranormal Elvis himself? I, I sincerely hope it is. And, you know, I, I was thinking a lot about it. 
See, there's a lot that can't be said by individuals because they signed those contracts. You know, mm-hmm. there's non-disclosure contracts. And I can guarantee that the charlatan that Zach Baggins is, um, he's good at it. So you yeah. can bet every I is dotted, T is crossed with every person he's affiliated with that, that there's some form of protection for him for defamation. And see, defamation that is very, very difficult to prove. Because right. he can't exactly take people to court for calling him a fraud when he is. Right. So that's not defamation. Defamation's when it's false and it, and it's costing you money. You know, when somebody right. spreads a rumor and you're losing jobs, basically. You know, that's defamation and that can be taken to court. But when you're, you're doing what he has done since he's popped out into... Uh, the entertainment world, um, he can't actually come at us. He can't come at Nick Groff or anybody who is telling the truth. Right. You know, and that happens to be that he's a charlatan and a fraud. So here's my thing. And and people may kind of laugh at this, but honestly, the way things have been going in the media uh, lawsuits, the just just the whole legal side of things. I want people to sit back for a moment and think about how much money Zach Baggins has made being a liar. How mm-hmm. much money you personally, I'm not talking about you, Rick, I'm talking about people at home that watch yeah. Ghost Adventures who have bought a t-shirt, a hat, um, who purchased anything Zach Baggins brand, a ticket to his museum, anything. They could actually sue because really? of misrepresentation, false advertising. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I bought a ticket to your museum because you said everything in here is haunted and it's not. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I bought your T-shirt believing that you were truly a, a, a honest paranormal investigator and you weren't. I supported right. a lie. And I guarantee you there'll be some people that do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's one thing that I've learned, um, you know, in like the last 20 years. I mean, you and I, we were both involved in this way back in like the 1990s, like like the early to mid-1990s. Right. So it's like we remember what it was like before all of this happened. Nowadays, you are not allowed to question anybody that is involved in the entertainment side of this you're not allowed to question zach you're not allowed to and i know that they're both dead and i'm not trying to bully the dead or speak harshly of the dead you're not allowed to question the warrens you're not allowed to question jason haas you're not allowed to question any of those people it's like in the in paranormal land or paranormal community um you have to just say I have to go by what they say. And I mean, and, and like, that's just for, to me, that's turning your brain off with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it used to be where you could look at guys like Barry Taff or Lloyd Auerbach or Hans Holzer and be like, you know what? I'm calling into question some of your evidence and some of the things that you've written about. And they were like, okay, cool. You're not allowed to do that anymore. 
you're just allowed to, as you already said, blindly follow. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And, and I, I want to kind of uh, work off of what you just said here. Um, something that I, I want people to really think about is Rick and I have learned this firsthand. Okay. There are people in power, whether it be political, musical, you know, like, like, let's face facts. Like anybody's going to ever be able to stop Metallica. Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> They're right. going to laugh at you. Right. And right. Zach's in that same position. He's a multimillionaire. You're not going to stop the guy. He could put a billboard in every city in this country with his face on it if he wanted to. Okay. But that's all the <laughs> money he got off of everybody's backs. Uh, being a charlatan, right? Right. So what you got to think about is Zach's a bully. Mm -hmm. And Zach is running his own little paranormal mafia. And and yeah. the reason, reason I say it like that is it's do it our way or you're not going to do it at all. Mm -hmm. Do it our way or we'll just bury you on the internet because everybody believes us. Right. So, yeah. And see, it, oh, sorry, bud. go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's how the paranormal scene is run here in Chicago. Right. Like we have this one person who sits on top. And nothing can get done in in the in in the Chicagoland area without, you know, either kissing this person's ass or fearing them. Mm -hmm. And it's like. I refuse to do that, man. I refuse to allow the bullies to dictate what it is that I do and what I say. And I think that we do that here at the Shadow Initiative. We don't allow the bullies to dictate what we do and what we say. Well, and, and you got to think, too, the point I was getting at is Rick and I have experienced this firsthand. Now, mm -hmm. we're not, I'm not going to use names because uh, we're just not going to roll that way. But Rick and I had an opportunity with a network that wanted this show. And yes. Rick and I entertained the idea. And they, you know, we basically said, look, do you really know what this show's about? Yes, we've watched this episode, that episode. Okay. All right. You understand cool. where we're coming from. Okay. So Rick and I do a pilot episode, which would be the start of a new season on this network we send the pilot episode over to this network and then my phone starts blowing up with one of the producers she proceeds to tell me that one of the other producers that she works with for this network has strong affiliations with the travel channel and zach baggins Mm -hmm. And that we would not be permitted in any way to bring up Zach Baggins in our shows. Right. That we can't slam him. And, and she tried to play politics, even if it's true, <laughs> even if we know he's doing this, that, or the other thing. So here you are, as a producer on another paranormal network, admitting that you know Zach is full of shit. But you're telling us we can't call him out 
or say anything negative about Zach Baggins to be on your network. Dude, that is some kind of control. Yeah. That is that some really kind is. of control, man. It's to and where this is- network thinks, but this is this is how they're thinking that almighty dollar, man. Well, if we right. piss Zach Baggins off, our network's never going to have a chance. Right. I would right. say fuck Zach Baggins and put your heart and soul into that network the way it should be done. Instead, what you have done is made the Kmart version of the Travel Channel. And it's out of fear of Zach. He's going to keep you right there. He's going to keep you right there. He don't, you're competition to him and you're protecting him. Yeah. I thought that was extraordinary. And the thing is, is like when we have these conversations like this and the, you know, and the reason that they, you know, told us, no, it, it really only is a very small part of what we do here. But that's the thing. They didn't tell us no. They still wanted our show. We would have just had to agree to never say anything negative about Zach Baggins. And, of course, you guys at home who have been following us for three years, you know me and Rick don't roll like that. We're not going to sell out. No. Me and Rick will jump on a paranormal show just like that if it's going to be done our way. But if not, we're not doing it. Right. Exactly. And it's like, and, you know, in, in, in the shadow initiative here, you know, Stephen and I, we're not going to be bullied. And, it, and it's not just Zach that we talk, we talk about. We also expose other frauds in. I mean, exactly. I mean, we, or, or the dude in England who, you know, allegedly found a body or whatever. The human skull know? guy. Yeah. yeah the yeah. human skull guy. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's not just him. It's frauds in general. It's we want to bring you the not only do we want to entertain you, but we also want to enlighten you as well. And I think we do a pretty good job here. But if that means that we have to expose people for who they are, that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, you know, I'm not a big country fan or anything, but something Willie Nelson said. How can you not just love Willie Nelson? He's just a nice old dude, man. Yeah, right. But he said, I don't care if I play in front of 100,000 people or one person. He said, as long as one person wants to hear what I have to say, I'm happy. And and that resonated with me because I kind of feel like that with us, like, we're not trying to attract the same people that are watching ghost adventurers and idolizing them. You know, right. we're, we're trying to attract real paranormal investigators and yeah, we get silly and we joke around because Rick and I have found that middle ground because that's all producers want to say. Nobody wants to see how it's really done. No, it's boring, blah, blah, blah. No, we have proven time and time again that there is a large audience out there that wants to see how it's done. And you can still make that entertaining. Just, I mean, take this show, for example. You know, it's the, the, the dynamic between you and me is partly why people listen. Right. You know, we could probably be talking, this could be a show about movies. But mm-hmm. people just like the Rick Steven dynamic, you know? Right. So the real deal can be done. It's just they're so afraid to invest in it because they don't think it'll work. 
See, and, and here's the thing too, like, you know, I was talking to uh, Maeve Ibanez, who's been on the show, and she's, you know, she's a uh, she's a member of the community of Shadows. She's a good friend of ours, and um, I, I and said she likes like Tool. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, you know, if you want to be part of that cult, I guess that's. Oh, up to I you am. <laughs> but no, here's in all seriousness, though, I said to her, I'm like, there's a reason shows like In Search of Sightings. Um, Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious Universe, why they were so successful. And people are still watching these shows 30, 40 years later and why they're still loved because they were about the mystery, not the people looking into the mystery. I mean, yes, of course you had, you know, like for example, in search of um, Hans Holzer was on that show quite a bit, quite a number of episodes of uh, doing investigations. That's cool. But again, it wasn't about him. It was about the mystery that he was looking into. Or on sightings, they worked with, uh, you know, legit parapsychologists. Um, but again, it was about the mystery, not about the person looking into the mystery. And that's what a lot of these shows have become, because that is kind of what fuels reality TV is the personality not what they're looking into or allegedly looking into for that matter. And that is like, that, that's kind of a, a huge part um, of the, of the problem in paranormal land, especially with paranormal entertainment. It's, it's become about the person rather than the thing or mm -hmm. the place. Mm -hmm. I yep. think that you would agree with that. I do agree with that. Every industry has taken that easy way out. Every right. single one. You, you look at the music industry, it absolutely sickens me that women continue to sell sex before their fucking talent. Mm. You know, it's Agreed. like we got we got to look good. We got to come out there shaking our ass. It's not even about the music. You know what I'm saying? And and that that's what it's it's like these boy bands, music companies just put together the Hispanic, the black guy, the gay guy. You know what I mean? It's like a, a a formula, and they put together a boy band, all good-looking guys, you know. It's the same thing. The movie industry, well, we got to get Tom Cruise on this movie, you know, or we got to get so-and-so on this movie. It's the same thing with TV. Yes, I get it. You got to make money. You do. Sure. You do. But you know what? The History Channel and the Travel Channel were fucking very successful way before the paranormal shit. And it right. was all honest, authentic, true stuff. Right. Exactly. Now it's just, it's garbage. So, you know, to, to end this part of our conversation today, you know, all I'm going to say is, is this. Producers, I challenge you. And I know that I've said this before on the show, Stephen, but mm -hmm. I challenge you to use real paranormal investigators, really show how this stuff is done. And I, 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 I promise you, like we talk to, you know, many different uh, researchers and investigators and paranormal enthusiasts, um, not only on this show, but also in our private life. They're like, I want to see something like that. I want to see the real thing. Mm -hmm. I want to see the mystery. Not so much the person looking into it, but yes, that does help. So, but here's the thing. It's like, producers, I challenge you, please 
think outside the box a little bit because there is a problem in the in paranormal land. There's there's a thinking outside the box problem here, and it's like, yeah. man, look outside the box, man. I agree. So, um, moving along, you know, we speak about belief a lot on this show, Stephen, and you know, a belief is a big part of what we do here because we do believe in ghosts, we do believe in UFOs, we do believe in you know cryptids. Despite the video we showed everybody this morning, we do believe that that kind of thing is. Uh, exists and is out there. So I found this incredible article today. Um, it's called, it's from Thought, it's from ThoughtCo, uh, ThoughtCo.com. And it's like, what is belief perseverance with its definitions as and examples? So, you know, I know, Stephen, that you are a believer in this, you know, that you're along with me as a believer in a lot of this stuff, correct? Sure. So, I'm just going to, you know, read a little bit of this and we can, you know, discuss as we go along. Belief perseverance um, is the tendency to maintain one's belief even in the face of evidence that contradicts them. We see the tendency with all kinds of beliefs, including those about self and others, as well as beliefs about the way the world works, including prejudices and stereotypes. So, you know, let's let's start with that right there. Um I absolutely refuse to ever um, debate skeptics or cynics because they have completely shut out any thing whatsoever that they were like, okay, yeah, I can see that that's a possibility that that may exist. Like their belief system is just as strong as say somebody like myself or you in this kind of thing. And it's like, it's, it gets to a point where it's like, although you, a skeptic or a cynic may have been on a paranormal investigation, may have seen things, may have experienced things. They're still like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I still say this kind of thing doesn't exist. So they persevere with that belief. Steven. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I agree. We, we talk about this all the time that it's it's goes back to that old saying love is blind mm -hmm. you know and and i get so frustrated man with like family and good friends when i see them buying into some kind of bullshit and no matter what no matter what evidence to the contrary you present to them they refuse to believe they're wrong right and, and zach you know is a great example of that there have been countless videos, audio clips, former castmates, all these pe producers saying it is fake. He is a fraud. Yet, and same thing with the Warrens. People that's got a good head on their shoulders who are actual real investigators know the Warrens made it all up. It was all mm -hmm. fucking fake. You know, it's not to be mean. That's just the truth. People need to stop thinking that the truth because you don't like what that truth is is a dig it's not right. it's 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 not a dig oh steven i've actually been told in the past oh well you're just jealous yeah oh jealous god that's the number what? one that's the number one yeah that that is like you know and and, and one of the things that i i got i i hate more than anything in this world it's a biggest pet peeve of mine um 
is people who play the victim. Like, yeah. I hate that. I grew up with a mother who was like that. Like, she was constantly the victim, which is why one of the reasons that it's like, I hate it so much. But you get that a lot with these uh, with these people in the paranormal. Oh, you're just jealous of them. Or, you know, it's... Or, you know, you, you just want to say bad things about them to make yourself look better or be a bully. And it's like, no, we're saying those kind of things because, you know, the, not only not only is the belief there that they're frauds, but the evidence that they're frauds is there as well. It's just you refuse to believe it. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and but there's also the other the other personality. And we're going to see that here soon with these gentlemen that are building up all this hype that they're coming out with the truth right mm -hmm. but you watch you guys watch at home they're gonna be the victim in all this they're right. gonna say they were forced into it they were blackmailed what whatever bullied i'm sorry i'm not gonna buy that i've seen these contracts you knew exactly what you were fucking signing those contracts state that of course non-disclosure gag orders you're not allowed to talk about what happens during the production of the show uh, you know it even says in there that the producers may alter things make things appear differently than how it actually happened uh for entertainment purposes so when these guys come out and put it all on zach i think that's fantastic that they got the balls to do that but mm -hmm. i'll have i'll have more respect for them if and when they do that that they take some of the blame too yeah and i i yeah i do because um, we've seen it i'm not going to mention his name but, like, I have some good friends from Ghost Hunters International, okay? Mm -hmm. One of which poured it all out to me. And, and I even think I could probably dig way back when you were doing Paranormal Underground, I was doing um, Shadow Walker Radio. And yeah. I had this individual on my show, and she flat out said that she didn't know what was going on. That they, they were in pitch black, only the camera crew had the night vision. So she knew people were making sounds, shutting doors, this, that, or the other thing. Because they, they were in pitch black. She knew this stuff was happening. She knew they were falsifying things. But then you have other people come off of these shows. Oh, everybody else was faking it but me. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping these guys, when they come out with Zach's stuff, take they they own up to it. Like, dude, you know, people can turn around. Pe people can say, I, you know, I made a mistake. I didn't think it was going to go this far. You know, I did just want to get out there, get famous, make money. I'd, I'd respect that. I'd yeah. respect that. But don't come out and just put it all on him without looking at yourself first because you were there with him. And did nothing right. about it. You participated. Yeah. So, you know, with like the belief thing as well, it's it's not just, you, you can't really just put it on skeptics. You also got to put it on people like us as well. You know, there are people out there who will just blindly believe that like that is demonic possession, which no, it really isn't. It's actually like take uh, uh, Annalise Michelle mm -hmm. or uh, 
Mikel, however you pronounce her last name. Anybody who doesn't know this, this was a case of a young woman in the 1970s. She was a German student who um, died during a series of um, exorcisms. And, you know, for the longest time, everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, this is terrible. She was possessed by demons and, um, you know, these savior priests tried to, you know, to save her soul and stuff like that. But really what it turned out to be was, is that Annalise Michelle was a, a severely mentally ill person. Yep. And she suffered from, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. I mean, she had, she had everything that you could possibly think of where um, uh, uh, auditory and visual hallucinations were involved. Um, she stopped taking her meds. She was a very religious, uh, she was a very devoutly Catholic girl who came from a very devoutly Catholic family. So when she started, like, we, she was told to go off her medication by this priest. And, well, you know, of course she decided to descend into madness. But it's like, if you were to go to people who are like, oh, no, 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 that is... Um, real demonic possession, they will fight you tooth and nail mm -hmm. on that because their belief is, is that she was really possessed by a demon. Um, another belief is of course, Amityville. That shit never happened, man. We've right. already gone over this on this show. It was all made up by the Lutzes. Um, the guy who wrote the book, I believe his name was Jay Anson and um, Ronnie DeFeo's lawyer. Jay Anson and the Lutzes wanted to make money. Ronnie DeFeo's lawyer wanted to get him off like a, like a quadruple murder charge by saying evil spirits told him to do it. And years later, the people who lived there were like, sorry, none of this actually happened. We've never had anything like this. So yeah, this, this belief perseverance also happens on the side of the, uh, of the paranormal enthusiast as well. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, before I get to that, is there anybody close to you right now talking? No, I'm actually alone. Uh, you might be hearing the washing machine in the background. Nah, definitely. I, I'll have to watch it back. I, I just took note of the time. Um, you were talking, and it sounded like somebody underneath your voice said like a word or two. So at oh. Huh? It's interesting that you say that because I'm 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 really hoping um, that there is something there. So, yeah, we have been experiencing some weird stuff in our house. Yeah. Lately, um, I you know last year or the year I think it was last year I told the story about how I was laying in bed and I saw the woman come walking off the stairs. Like I was wide awake, man. I was like perusing through Facebook. Um, reading posts and stuff like that, posting myself. And all of a sudden I see like this woman come walking off the stairs and it wasn't Jamie because she had left for work and yeah, I remember still this. asleep. Yeah. You remember that, right? Yeah. So last week, Jamie and I were sitting in the front room, uh, living room, you know, for those not from the Chicagoland area, we call it front room here. Um, we're sitting in the front room and um, all of a sudden we start hearing like these weird knocks and bangs mm -hmm. in the house and um what it, one one moment it sounded like I, I could almost hear what sounded like footsteps 
And like, we're just sitting there and we're like, what is going on here? This is so strange. So here's what we think may be happening. Um, the people who lived here before us, uh, the Binghams, they, the husband, he died, you know, like 20 or 30 years ago. And the woman that I saw coming off the stairs, who I, who I believe is Mrs. Bingham, um, I'm kind of starting to wonder because we recently were told that we have to move out of our house yeah. come October. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to be knocking it down. So we're going to be looking into, you know, buying our own place. But I'm kind of wondering if everything that's going on in the house right now with these bangs and footsteps and maybe even these voices, I'm kind of wondering if maybe, you know, the Binghams are not happy that we're leaving. <laughs> and that the house is getting leveled. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really hoping uh, that you can play that back because I would love to hear it because that is my belief that the Binghams are here and they're not happy that we're leaving because we always kind of figured that they liked having us here. Well, I know you won't be able to hear it, but I'm going to loop that right now for our watchers and our listeners um, a couple times, just so maybe I, maybe I just kind of heard something, you know what I'm saying? But it mm -hmm. literally sounded like a male, a man, um, underneath you, uh, just like a word or two. So I'll loop that for you guys. Uh, she was a very devoutly Catholic girl who came from a very devoutly Catholic family. Uh, she was a very devoutly Catholic girl who came from a very devoutly Catholic family. Uh, she was a very devoutly Catholic girl who came from a very devoutly Catholic family. Uh, she was a very devoutly Catholic girl who came from a very devoutly Catholic family. All right, you guys just check that out. Me and Rick will look into it a little bit more and see. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it again next week or, or more, of course, uh, on, on Facebook and our, on our group page. But, uh, yeah, Rick, the whole, the whole belief thing, it's... You know, you always you come you always come across like you're being negative or mean. Again, it goes mm -hmm. back to what I said that just when you're saying the truth, even though it may hurt, that doesn't that doesn't mean you're act you you have sinister intent behind what you said. You know, but when you you have these folks that. Man, you you could have a picture of, of Zach with fishing string, you know, moving something. You, you could have anything, and they just they'd find some kind of rationalization in their head as to why Zach was doing that, and he wasn't being fraudulent, right? And and that it goes back to my personal beliefs that these are the same people that don't belong in the paranormal field, man. You know, it, it, I, I, people get mad when I say that. How dare you? How dare you say who can and can't do this? Well, I can't play football. I sure as shit am not going to go try. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get my ass kicked. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, Rick, you're you you're listening to Eddie Van Halen. No, I'm not. Yeah, you're well, <laughs> I'm I'm just using that as an example. And you're like, damn, man, he he is awesome. Awesome guitar player. 
I'm going to order me that same guitar. So you get that guitar. And you're like, well, what? What? He must be faking it. <laughs> he must be faking it. You know, I, yeah, I can't do it. It don't work. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that that's kind of the mentality. It's like they want to be like Zach and Jason and, and whoever these other people are. And, and you could say that, but, but they're, they're frauds, man. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you want to be? No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> Dude, they are. And it's because they don't want to come to, it's an ego thing. They don't want to come to the, the terms themselves and admit that they were wrong or that they were misled. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, you were misled. Hell, I was. I grew up on the Cosbys, dude. If somebody back then would have told me Bill Cosby was date raping women, I'd have never believed it. No, neither would I. You he know, was, he was America's dad. Yeah, right. Well, Zach is America's paranormal investigator, and finally, all this shit came out with Bill Cosby, and it's like, damn, dude, I, I'd have never. But I, I have to believe it because it's true. I'm not going to sit there and be like, nah, he didn't do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, he didn't. There's all this proof. He, nah, there's no way. You know? And and that's how these folks are, man. And, and, it, and it kills me. You don't belong investigating. You know what? If you didn't get good grades in math and science, you don't belong investigating. I'm sorry. People hate it when I say that. But, dude. Well, I guess I have to leave investigating because I wasn't real good at science. The point I'm getting at is not everybody can be everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even if you desperately want to, that doesn't mean that you can't. And when you're emulating the wrong people, you've stopped before you started. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think that it, uh, you know, when it comes to belief, it boils down to this belief is a very, very strong thing. Um, people live and die on belief in everything from a God to what we deal with here in paranormal land. But the thing is, is like a person who is emotionally intelligent and emotionally mature Um, or intellectually mature can look at some of these beliefs and when they're showing evidence to the contrary, that person can say, you know, okay, I was wrong. And those are like, those are some of the hardest words in the English language to say. Theo was just telling me this this the other day and I thought it was wise for a 12 year old to Mm -hmm. say this. He's like some of the some of the hardest words in the English language to say was I was wrong. Yeah. But if but you're that, like but if you're if you're a mature and intelligent person and you're given this evidence to the contrary, you can say I was wrong. That's what makes us better as human beings. That's what makes us better at our crafts. You know, <laughs> if when when I was running my team, if if, if Alan would have said Ah, nah, dude, you're you're wrong about that. This it's humidity affecting this door, and I just said, dude, no, it was a damn ghost, and he's proving to me that, dude, look, the door just sticks, blah blah. You know, it don't work that way. 
you know, you got to yeah. face facts. Now, the way I view belief is a little bit differently than I think most people. Um, belief doesn't mean it's true. Correct. You know, kids believe in Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, Christians mm -hmm. are probably the, the, uh, the worst <laughs> at this. You know, when you bring okay. up the the rape, the incest, the molestation, you know, all these nasty things from the Bible, you know, they don't want to believe it. Mm -hmm. It's in your Bible. It's there. It's in print, yeah. you know, but they won't believe that. They only want to believe what they what suits their agenda, I guess, is what it comes down to. And you said it perfectly right there. What suits your agenda? You know, and that and that's why a lot of people, they can't change their mind about stuff because it suits their agenda or it's part of their narrative or whatever. And it's like that's where you kind of have to sit back and not be so egotistical and say, you know what? I was wrong. A perfect example of this um, uh, years and years ago, I was involved with this uh, with a huge paranormal group and we did this um, big investigation in Gurney, Illinois at this historic house. Well, in one of the pictures, you can see a woman staring out of the window. Mm -hmm. So the founder of the group, he was one of those ones. He, it was very difficult for him to change his mind about stuff. And I'm looking at this, this um, very solid woman standing in this, in this window. And I'm like, but that's so-and-so. She's an investigator with our group. And I knew it was her. And I asked her, I'm like, is that you? Because it was kind of blurry. And she's like, yeah, that's me. Because that's, that's the color of the nail polish I was wearing on my nails that day. And I'm like, I know it's you. So I went back to the founder and lead investigator of the group. And I'm like, this is such and such a person. He would not have any of it. Like he could not, he could not wrap his brain around that this was not a ghost, that this was in fact one of his investigators. And it's actually one of the reasons I left the group because it's like, if you can't change your mind, change your belief after being presented with evidence to the contrary, then this is a group I don't want to be, but I don't want to belong with because I want to have my beliefs challenged. I want to have um, the things that I say being challenged. I want to have people do that because if you can show me something that is evidence to the contrary of something that I said or something that I claim that I saw or caught, I want to know. Please, I invite you. Tell me. And that's what a lot of people in paranormal land have a problem with. Their belief is so strong, any evidence to the contrary, it's not going to change their mind. Yeah, I agree, man. And that's where the belief perseverance comes in join the hosts on facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative that's facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative all right welcome back you are tuned in to the greatest paranormal show ever shadow initiative paranormal talk and tv with my good buddy paranormal investigator and author rick hale and of course myself stephen lancaster who really needs no introduction. But so we've been talking the frauds of the world and some interesting things on belief and this, that, and the other thing. But 
you followers of our show know that we have the thing called segments. And one of them is Creature of the Week. Yeah, we haven't done a Creature of the Week in a while. We haven't done a Creature of the Week in a while. And since we showed that undeniable, captivating Sasquatch footage, at the beginning of the show, we might as well stay within that realm. Rick, what do you got? Well, you know, we all, you know, of course, we had that um, that unbelievably remarkable video at the start of the show. That you know, hey, in my belief, can't see what I did there. In my belief, proves uh, the existence of Bigfoot. Not joking, but uh, you know, again, thank you, Glenn Laycock. However, um, North America and the Himalayas aren't the only country that has um, hairy bi bipedal ape-like creatures that you know are haunting the uh, forests and mountains of the world, this is one that comes from the Philippines. Now, I don't know if you know this, uh, Stephen, but in the Philippines, they have a lot of folklore oh, yeah. concerning things like ghosts, demons, vampires. This is an entirely new one to me. This is the Amamango. And the Amamango is a man-sized ape. It's hairy with long nails. Um, and it is it kind of hangs out in the, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, the La Castellana um, area in Negros Occidental. Now, this Amamango is known to be very, very violent. And will have no problem attacking people. Um, it's it's also been known to grab um, dogs and cats and and other um, indigenous species and just take them away. And even children too have been known to have been abducted by this thing. And it's it, it's not taking them just to be friends with them. It's taking them to be food. And this is a really frightening um, ape like. Bigfoot. Um, the first like one that really caught people's attention, it's fairly recent, although it's been a part of the folklore of uh, the Philippines in that particular region for, you know, generations. But it really came to light in on January, uh, excuse me, June 9th, 2008, Amamango supposedly attacked Elias Galvez and Salvador Aguilar of the La Castellana settlement and disemboweled numerous goats and chickens in the area for the purpose of eating its entrails. Uh, the attacks lasted up to the next day, June 10th. Medical records reveal that Galvez and Aguilar sustained numerous scratches on their faces, backs, and abdomens. Residents described it as a hairy white ape with long, sharp nails. And now here's the difference between um, you know, Bigfoot and the Yeti um, and Sasquatch, um, they're, they're known to be very tall. You know, and some people will say, I, I've heard it, which is ridiculous, uh, up to 12 feet tall. I mean, come on. <laughs> you're going to, like, you're not going to see something 12 feet tall coming to you. I'm, I'm okay with it being seven to eight feet. But the Amamango is only five feet tall. With its with the tallest being five feet, about about five and a half feet, roughly speaking. So there aren't any kind of species like this in the Philippines. There aren't like 
you know, apes like this um, right. in there, and especially or even like apes that are known to be violent like this, you know, stealing people's kids and, you know, disemboweling uh, their chickens and their goats or whatever. Um, this is a very, very frightening um, cryptid and one that they are just as frightened of as is the Aswang, which is a witch a vampiric witch that, that can actually detach its head from its body and fly around with bat wings. So this is like one of the more feared, but in, you know, in my opinion, I, I think that it could, it's, it's got a little bit more um, believability than the Uswang. <laughs> Stephen, what are your thoughts on this? And are they dealing with some kind of ape that they just don't know about? Because I mean, the Philippines, you know, even though it's a huge island chain, um, they do have a lot of forested and mountainous regions. Um, could they be dealing with, you know, a, a, an, an unknown species of ape? Or is this something that they truly need to fear? I mean, it could be an unknown species. That's always a possibility. Um, sure. I guess technically it is. <laughs> but uh, I've actually recently been been diving into a lot of um, horror movies that's been coming out of the Philippines because they have such unique folklore. They got great horror films. And uh, but, but, but anyways, regardless, I think it just goes back to what I've always said about the Sasquatch, the Yeti, the Tennessee skunk ape, you know, all, all these different but the same, you know, kind of creature that I think it just gives more validity that like every region, every culture has, has something like this. It's just got a different right. name. And, and right. what's interesting is this isn't stuff that's coming out now in the, in, in our world of the internet. And you can read about some, Asian kids story that just happened 15 minutes ago because it's accessible on the internet. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking about these legends and myths and all this stuff were before most cultures never even intermingled, ne never knew other people even existed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how can all these different cultures have something like this when there was never like a meeting of the minds? Okay, right. we all around the world got to come up with something that looks like a monkey, but also looks like a man. Okay, you guys name yours this, we'll name ours that, you know, it was nothing like that. And I think that mm -hmm. lends some credence to these stories. And and it's the same. I, I, I think the, the bigger, um, the bigger culprit would be a aliens. You know, you, you look at, at extraterrestrial life, every culture has shown that in some way without knowing other cultures were doing the same thing. Right, right. You know, I mean, take, take Puerto Rico, for example, you know, with the with the um, the, with the Chupacabra. Um, my aunt, my, my uncle is from uh, Puerto Rico and uh, my aunt and her family, they lived in, in Puerto Rico for 20 years, um, actually a little over 20 years. And, um, like, she knows people who saw the Chupacabra, like people that she trusts and knows. And it's like this, these, these could very well be real animals that we just don't know about, like the Amamango or the Chupacabra or even the Aswang, which, you know, could be, you know, a giant bat of some kind. But, um, yeah, and that's what we try to do here at the Shadow Initiative is bring you these creatures that you may never heard of anymore to make you 
think that maybe some of these things really do exist. Yeah. Good call, man. Yeah, thank you. I mean, the, the Amamango is definitely one of the weirder ones, but it's definitely one of the coolest. And I've never heard of the Amamango up until, you know, last week. He's hideous looking. Yes, he is indeed. So going back to the whole idea of belief, and we're going to add this into our um, news of the weird. So here at the Shadow Initiative, we like to bring you news stories that you may not see on your evening news. Um, this is one of them. This is cool. This actually comes from the New York Post. So this happened in Colombia. And I found this earlier in the week, Stephen, and I sent this to you. 28 girls hospitalized with anxiety after playing with the Ouija board. Now, before I get into this, you know, what are your thoughts on the Ouija board? Do you really think it is a portal to hell and demons? Or do you think it's just a harmless board game that's, you know, sold next to Monopoly and shoots and ladders? Yeah, I think uh, the commercialized version of it um, is definitely nothing more than that. It's just something to goof mm -hmm. around with at a, at a sleepover when you're a teenager, you know. Um, but I think anything could be used as a tool for communication, you know, yeah. etch a sketch, Agreed. magnetic letters, whatever. But scribing itself, I mean, it it dates back to to Asia. Uh, I want to say China, maybe during the Ming Dynasty. Thousands of years. Yeah, that they were doing it well before it was called a Ouija board. So right. I think a lot of it is culturally based, but I think with. Uh, the cases that you're talking about um, with these young ladies, uh, hype's a, a big thing. <laughs> hype's mm -hmm. a big thing. Fear's a big thing. And I, I, I mass hysteria um, is a common thing. You know, we sure. talked about that uh, on, on an old show last year, if you remember. And that, wasn't it the Philippines where all these kids in school? all woke up like out out in the fields and stuff and they didn't know how they yeah. got there and all that yeah and it was just yeah. it, it was an actual natural thing that can happen you know it had nothing yeah, to do with it happens all the time yeah so but this is really interesting so um nearly 30 schoolgirls have been hospitalized with anxiety attacks after allegedly uh, allegedly playing with a Ouija board at their school in Colombia um, it goes on to say there are 28 possible cases of anxiety in school students, said Hugo Torres, head of the Galleras, uh, the, the Galleras Educational Institution in Galleras, where the incident took place. Um, according to the outlet, alarm bells went off after the girls reportedly suffered signs. Okay, fainting, anxiety, and other symptoms. And some of those symptoms are, of course, you know, nausea. So... I'm not going to go any further because this really isn't that long of an article to begin with. But here's what I'm thinking, okay? You know, Colombia, although itself is very much an emerging nation, it's still kind of stuck in what people would call third world uh, nation status. Although they are trying to, you know, emerge and become a little bit more political and a little bit more industrialized. So here's what I'm thinking what this is. Everything that they say in this article, all of these symptoms are consistent with being exposed 
to low levels of carbon monoxide poisoning. And I think that that's what's happened here. But unfortunately, they're going to continue on with this narrative that these girls that this their their symptoms were caused by you know demonic spirits or whatever coming through a Ouija board, so you you will never hear about what this was exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> it happens all the time, man. You know, right? It, it's like I I, I want to dedicate an episode to just the weather. Mm-hmm. You know, because barometric pressure has an effect on the human body and i get such a headache when there's extreme um you know extreme shifts in the barometric pressure and not only that too you know a lot of our listeners already know this i'm an amputee and i wear a prosthetic limb um in order to get around and um when there's like real wild shifts in barometric pressure my residual limb or stump it hurts so bad so yeah i mean definitely the weather does it does play a part in it so when when with that being said when was the last time you ever heard of a paranormal investigator uh logging barometric pressure in their case file or are they even logging a case file there's two questions mm-hmm. for you sure you know, and there there are certain things that you should be out, you know, on the lookout for when you are doing paranormal investigations. Barometric pressure, humidity, mm-hmm. humidity, and you know, cause squeakiness. Um, you know, your windows. Maybe you need to call somebody in to you know seal them off a little bit better, so you know you don't get that cold breeze that comes through. We live in a hundred year old farmhouse, and man, it gets cold in here sometimes. Hey, bar- know, or- barometric pressure is no joke, man. At, at certain oh, le- at certain levels, it can affect your heart rate. It can make you dizzy. At certain levels, it can make you hallucinate. It can yep. make you pass out. And these are all things people claim to have happen on an investigation. So do these people that claim these things happen, did they check weather, what was going on at the time? That stuff's easily accessible. You know, I'm at such and such house in such and such town. Let's see what the barometric pressure is right now. So we can rule that out. Or, or you know, pl- plug in or, you know, bring your own personal carbon monoxide tester. Right. You know, to see if people are getting hit with low levels of this. I mean, we already know from watching, you know, from, you know, 20 plus years of ghost hunters that people can be affected by things like infrasound, carbon monoxide poisoning, and of course, high levels of the electromagnetic field. I mean, that shit pl- goes make can make you go bonkers man it can it can yeah but you know, so i'm thinking cool in the ouija board dude i'm not sweating it we'll see this school on an episode of ghost adventures next year <laughs> zach's gonna roll in there and he's gonna figure it all out so moving along in news of the weird here it would not be an episode of the shadow initiative without at least one dick story <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely you know see when you could throw up a picture of this because of this is amazing dick? so no this comes from ancient origins which is you know it, it, it's a pretty cool website i really like this website so for sale in oh that was that's that's mature steven what that's real mature oh speaking of giant dicks let's 
giant U. Um, so, for sale in Britain, a small ancient man with a colossal penis. <laughs> While metal, metal detecting in a field, a British couple thought that they found an ancient cartwheel piece, but it turned out to be a small human figure with a large bronze hinged penis. Auction House will soon sell a small bronze statue featuring a man holding a large penis in his right hand. Oh, that has nothing to do with that. Sorry about that. Um, according to Noonan's, Joanne had just unearthed a medieval penny, and Paul was scanning the XP Deus II detector, which cost twice as much as the artifact is expected to sell for. When he dug, when he picked up a strong signal, digging about 25.4 centimeters or 10 inches deep, Paul uncovered. Uh, seriously, 10 inches deep, talking about giant penises. I mean, you know, you can't you can't write this stuff. It's amazing. Paul uncovered what he initially believed to be a large steel split pin that was used in Celtic Romano world to secure wooden wheels to farm carts. But after Paul had wiped away the mud from the object, a tiny human face peered back at him, and while the nude bronze man himself is small, in his right hand, he is undoubtedly with an oversized penis. <laughs> that is our second news of the weird story here. Um, yes, so they're actually finding stuff like this all the time. You know, there's there's a lot of, you know, like a lot of the, you know, ancient Celtic cultures, they had a lot of this kind of stuff because like fertility was was a big part of their culture. They have, they have entire gods and pantheon of gods dedicated to fertility. And they may have found one. And I think it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm like looking at the picture and stuff. When we could, we could show the picture up, um, it's hinged. So what I'm thinking is it's, 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 you know, down and then boop, it's up. But yeah, so you can find this uh, over at Ancient Origins. If you want to read a little bit more, it is a very funny story. And I like how they put 10 inches deep in there. Kind of wondering if they meant that pun. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Hale. And lastly, we are going to bring it home here to Sweet Home Chicago. Uh -oh. um, Chicago man arrested twice in one day for breaking into cars while on electronic monitoring for breaking into cars. <laughs> like this dude has been arrested in the past for breaking into cars and he's doing it while he's on electronic mon monitoring. Prosecutors say a Chicago man burglarized a work cruise van while wearing an electronic monitoring bracelet for two pending burglary cases. And incredibly, the arrest occurred about two hours after he left the police station on a recognizance bond after a concealed carry holder held him at gunpoint for allegedly breaking into another car. Rodolfo Santalan, really bad uh, Santalon's really bad day began around 10.20 a.m. last Tuesday in the 5400 block of West Belmont. Um, lived in that neighborhood when I was a kid. Uh, when the 49-year-old concealed carry holder walked out of a store and allegedly saw Santalon inside his vehicle. Uh, the licensed firearm carrier pulled out his gun and pointed it at Santalon at the exact moment that a Chicago police officer was passing by. The cop, thinking that the concealed carry holder might be robbing someone, pointed his gun at the concealed carry holder who placed the weapon on the ground. Yada, yada, yada. I won't go too much more into that. But can you imagine how dumb you have to possibly fucking be? You are you, you just got arrested. You've been let out of jail on a personal recognizance bond. 
for the very same thing that you are just going to jail again for. It's like, how dumb could you possibly be? And it's like, I hate bringing up these stories about Chicago because it gives people still the false narrative that somehow we're an overly violent city and filled with stupid people. But yeah, this guy is definitely a stupid person. Yeah, I mean, who thinks Chicago, Al Capone, who thinks that kind of stuff? You leave Capone out of this. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> we love our Al Capone, goddammit. And the bears. The bears. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I just I cannot believe how incredibly stupid some people can be. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, where you live, you deal with, you know, stupid people all the time. Dealing with one right now. <laughs> kind of set you out there, buddy. <laughs> this guy, this guy right there. Uh, well, uh, which one, the little one or the big one? Because I'm thinking the big one. That's what she said. And look, y'all, this is available uh, poster size. Uh, we're looking at four <laughs> by 36 inch poster framed and signed with a silver marquee, mark, marker by me. Okay. With uh, love uh, from uh, Steven. So you can get your official Steven is stabbing Rick poster. Please visit <laughs> shadowinitiativetv.com. While supplies last. <laughs> Found alongside, you know, uh, Steven's semen and pee that he wanted to sell. Wanted uh, to. Autographed, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to autograph Pretty gross, dude. Pretty gross, dude. So, hey. Um, yeah, I, I just, I cannot believe how incredibly dumb some people are. Um, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> Okay, well, fantastic. Yes. So, hey, you know, we, we talked about belief today. We talked about a lot of different kind of stuff. Uh, Ouija board attacks. Um, the fact that a lot of people out there in paranormal land, they really love their frauds. They do. They do. So I think, Stephen, it's time for a little ghost watch. You do it to it. This week on Ghostwatch, we're talking about a dangerous ghost that haunts um, a hill in Somerset. I'm Rick Hale, and this is Ghostwatch. The rural countryside of Somerset has long been considered a place of peace with its picturesque rolling hills and emerald green pastures. It's little wonder why people come here to escape the city. One of these hills, the curiously named Creech Hill, is just as innocent as it appears as the country that surrounds it. Nevertheless, according to the people who reside near the hill, it is a place of great darkness. Something sinister, and perhaps even deadly, is said to live there. You would be wise to steer clear of Creech Hill because it is the haunt of an inhuman entity known as the Ball Beggar, and it will do whatever it takes to keep you away. The history of the region surrounding Creech Hill is ancient and dates back beyond the mists of time. Sitting atop the hill is an Iron Age hill fort, possibly built sometime in the first millennium BCE. Why these forts were built has been the cause of much debate in academic circles for decades. Some believe they were built to protect Britain from invading armies coming from continental Europe. 
while other research researchers have offered that they were built to deal with social upheaval because of an increase in population. Centuries later, when Roman armies swept into the area, a Romano-Celtic temple was built over the Iron Age fort in 250 CE. It was used as a place of worship when Ro until Roman influence began to fade and the temple was abandoned. Despite its long history where violence and bloodshed undoubtedly took place, the nightmarish entity that haunts Creech Hill is by no means human in origin. Many folklorists believe the spirit that stalks Creech Hill is a malicious inhuman entity known as a ball beggar or a boogeyman. And if there's any truth to the stories that have been told of Creech Hill for generations, this fiendish spirit lives up to its reputation of evil. How did Creech Hill come to be haunted by this demonic creature that has haunted the dreams of children for all time? Believe it or not, its origins are far more innocent than you might think. According to local historians, the nightmare began in the late 1880s. Before Creech Hill's significance was discovered, a mining operation was set up looking for valuable minerals and coal. One day, a group of workmen unwittingly disturbed an ancient burial site and unearthed the remains of two bodies. Following the accidental discovery, strange things began to happen on the hill. Workmen were scared off the job by a sinister black shape that oozed malevolence would suddenly appear. The black shape, which was believed to be attached to the disturbed cemetery, began taking its wrath out on the workers. The black shape destroyed equipment and attacked the workers. With the men long gone, you would think the ball bugger would return to the ground from whence it came. You, of course, would be wrong. Over the years, several horror-filled encounters with the boogeyman of Creech Hill have been reported, and they are the stuff of nightmares. Late one evening, as the sun dipped below the horizon and darkness began to settle, a simple country farmer found himself traversing Creech Hill. He was returning from a nearby market and decided to use Creech Hill as a shortcut. Of course, it was a decision he would regret. As the farmer was making his way, he came upon a disconcerting sight. Blocking his path was what appeared to be an unconscious person sprawled out in front of him. When he approached the shape to offer help, the shape reared to its full height and let out an ear-piercing shriek that echoed through the darkness. Seeing this was not a person in need of help. The farmer fled the scene in terror and did not stop until he reached his home. When he burst through the door, he and his wife looked out the window to see the hellish black figure running up to the house, laughing maniacally. The creature terrorized the house by banging on the walls and loudly screaming for what seemed like an eternity. Suddenly, the creature ended its reign of terror and vanished. I can only assume the farmer never walked that lonely hill path ever again. A second account with the bull beggar of Creech Hill concerned a man who ventured on that same path armed with a lantern and a small staff made of ash. As he gingerly walked down the path, he was stopped dead in his tracks by an intense cold that penetrated him to the bone. Rooted to the spot, he watched in shocked awe as a great black shape rose up from the ground directly in front of him. When he shined his lantern at the swirling black mass, it let out a blood-curdling scream that sounded as if the gates of hell had been blown wide open. Not wanting to die by the hand of this thing that appeared before him, the man struck out with his ash staff. Locked in mortal combat with the black shape, the man fought bravely as the great black shape cackled loudly. When all seemed lost, the sun appeared over the hill and the entity broke off its attack 
and faded away. The man swiftly left Creech Hill and never returned. These are but two stories out of many told about the encounter with the dark entity that stalks Creech Hill, an entity that jealously protects its domain. So I say, let them serve as a cautionary tale to stay as far away from the seemingly innocent hill as possible. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. So yeah, this is another one of those like incredible stories that we hear that come out of Great Britain of you know some ancient spirit all of a sudden awakened by whatever it is that's going on and attacking people. And I think that these are one of the that this is some of that folklore that is that really makes that region of the world great. Yeah. Still kind of hung up on the fact that you brought that penis story and then you start talking about your ghost watch and used words like bone penetration. Oh, beggar. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you can see where I'm going with this, buddy. Yes, I see where you're going. How can I not see where you're going with this, Stephen? <laughs> uh, sounds like a pretty good show, buddy. Yeah, that we was got, a good we show. We got anything this week. else? Uh, not this week, but I kind of want to preview what we have next week. Well, don't kind of. No, not kind of. Sorry. It's a, a, you know, a colloquial uh, thing. Anyways, we have a great show lined up with a great guest next week. We're going to be talking to Ash Hamilton. Um, he is um, a paranormal researcher as well as host of Horror Fix, which is a podcast. Um, and he is the uh, director, producer, and writer of this incredible uh, found footage horror film called Holes in the Sky, uh, the Sean Miller story. I watched this yes or two days ago, and personally, I love like found footage horror films. This one is great. This is all about alien abduction, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun movie to watch. Had some really scary parts of it. And next week, we'll be talking to the creator of this, Mr. Ash Hamilton. So it, it's it's going to be a really great show next week. Cool, man. I'm stoked. Yes, you, know, you are. You know me, you I, I am a sucker for horror. That's why I sit here with you for 90 minutes every week. I know. You're cruising for a bruising, right? <laughs> uh, well, another, another fantastic show, ladies and gentlemen. You know where to find us. Over there, I don't know, everything's backwards. ShadowInitiativeTV.com. Uh, more importantly, Facebook.com slash Welcome to the Initiative. Daily discussions every few hours. Good time. Always to be had. And you can reach us at ShadowInitiativeTalk at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you have if you have any stories or anything of that nature that you would like to share with us, um, Stephen, where can they send those stories? To shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. And we'd love exactly. to hear, even if it's not even a story, even if it's just say, hey, I, I'd like you guys to talk about this legend on the show or just something you want to hear. Let us know. Yeah, We'll, we'll fit it in. Yeah. And if your story that you have, you know, about your own investigations or something that you experience is compelling enough, we may we may have you on the show to tell the entire world about it. 
Yep, and just remember, guys, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. The podcast is available everywhere. And if you want to watch the visual version, you can catch us at Channel Label 13 on YouTube. And we just started a uh, Shadow Initiative YouTube page itself. So plenty of places to find us. Fantastic. All right, man. So, hey, great show today. Hope everybody liked it. Be sure to come back next week when we talk to Ash Hamilton. That's that's going to be another great show for you, our community of shadows. Yes, that's right. Groove is going to be in the house. (laughs) Yes. So, hey, thanks. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Stephen, for another great show. We'll see you all next week. Yep. Peace out.